0: Innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
1: Welcome everybody to the Lockdown Bengals Podcast, part of the Lockdown Network. We're your only daily Bengals Podcast. We're your hosts, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. You can find us on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like and subscribe wherever you find your daily podcast. It would help us out a lot.
2: Bengals fans, we have some news on the coaching front. A laundry list of names that are candidates at defensive coordinator after Dom Capers reportedly turned down the job. For segment two, we'll bring on special guest John Sheeran to talk about his experience at the Senior Bowl down in Mobile, Alabama with Joe Goodberry. Finally, we'll get a Marvin Lewis era fantasy draft. Joe, I hear you have a big board. Yeah,
1: I'm ready for this fantasy draft. We're going to go... Me, you, and John, we're going to draft, and the, the rules are as long as they played during the Marvin Lewis era for the Bengals, you can draft them. So I'm excited to go. I've got a big board ready, ready and about
2: 60 players, way too many. That's right. You can draft them, and you get them for their whole career. That's right. the rules. But before we get to have any fun, we have to talk about today's news. And today's news is on the defensive coordinator front, in addition to some official hires, and maybe we'll get into that, maybe we won't. But no new update on the Aubrey Pleasant Los Angeles Rams defensive back coach requests that we heard about last night. Four new names today, though, in Marquan Manuel, Todd Grantham, Mike Elko, and Aaron Glenn. Marquan Manuel, of course, has ties to the Bengals. He played his first two years in Cincinnati and has seven years of coaching experience. He was fired this year by Atlanta after they had a whole lot of injuries on the defensive side of the ball, but they had a pretty good year in 2017 under Manuel's coaching. He's another young guy. He's only 39. And there are reasons to think that Marquand Manuel could be the right guy. Todd Grantham has been coaching since 1990. He's the veteran of the group, although he has only a little bit of professional experience when he was in Cleveland under Romeo Cornell in the early 2000s. He was at the University of Georgia when the Bengals were dipping out of that draft, out of that school in the draft seemingly every year. He was a defensive coordinator at Louisville, Mississippi State, and now he's at Florida. He is... Uh a little bit newsworthy for some incidents he had back in 2010 when he was coaching for Georgia when he made a choking sign to the Florida kicker and got in a shouting match with a coach. Mike yeah, Elko. That's not that bad no. No, I'm I'm cool with that. That's yeah. that's <laughs> in the moment. Mike Elko has been a college defensive coordinator since two thousand six when he was at Hofstra. He's had stops at Bowling Green University, Wake Forest, and Notre Dame. He's currently coaching at Texas A&M, so he is connected a little bit with Jim Turner and was hired by Jimbo Fisher. Aaron Glenn is the last one on the list. He's been a defensive backs coach since 2014 when he started with the Browns. He actually worked with Todd Grantham uh, when Todd Grantham was in Cleveland as well, I believe. I might have those years back mixed up, actually. Uh, He was a scout for the Jets from 2012-2013, and he was a three-time All-Pro as a player, twice for the Jets and once for the Texans. And I think I do have those dates mixed up. I don't think he and Todd Grantham were in Cleveland together. So those are the four names we've heard of. We've got some guys from the college ranks. We've got some defensive back coaches. We have a couple guys with some limited NFL DC experience. Joe, do we have an opinion?
1: I don't, and I think that's probably the way it should be. Most of these guys have very limited NFL experience. I mean, only two of them uh, really have defense coordinator experience, or three actually, uh, the two from college and Marquand Manuel, but Manuel was just fired for that. So I don't think any of them get me excited, but that would be because I'm just going off of accolades and experience when that's probably not fair to them because it's going to be, you know, a hire that feels similar to Zach Taylor where these guys are going to be um, relatively unknown to the outside football world. And all I care about is if they hire the right guy. So as of right now, I don't care. Pick the guy and let's go, and we'll figure out if it's if it's good or not because it's not going to be the veteran we saw today after Dom Capers uh, turned them down also. The report said
2: uh, it's going to be a young guy, and that's, just what, that's the direction they're going to go. It's going to be all young. It looks that way. Todd Grantham, not exactly a young guy. He's been around for a while, but he's got that very limited coaching experience in the NFL. He's mostly been in the college ranks. Uh, One interesting note on Pleasant, if they do end up having an interview with Aubrey Pleasant, the defensive backs coach from Los Angeles, he's been seen as a future head coaching candidate since 2012. Uh, Before he really got very deep into his coaching career, he was invited to the NCAA Future Football Coaches Academy way back then. So... Hmm. He's He's been seen as an up-and-comer. Uh, we did have the official news of the hirings as well today. Zach Taylor made some comments about, he called him Jimmy Turner. Joe and I, I think both have made our reservations clear. Uh, we would love to hear what Coach Turner has to say to the media. It sounds like Zach Taylor is going to let him speak for himself. Uh, but Zach Taylor really stood up for the guy. And what we've been saying is about all these hires and the same thing for the defensive coordinators is if they buy into the message and they're going to do the things that Zach Taylor's talked about in terms of communication and holding people accountable, getting the most out of their players, great. But for him, it's a prove it job.
1: Yeah. And I'm more, I care about the results than the process at the end of the day, but since we're in the process phase I don't like this because if all of this is true which it seems like it was he tried to sue in a defamation case and they told him no this no you can't do that this this seems pretty um fair in our opinion and which makes you believe that that's a solid report and the things that happened he had a hand in and and turner you know everything that went down was a bad look for him and a guy like that probably shouldn't get too many opportunities especially at the highest level but here we are and he is the coach now the offensive line coach my biggest concern from this point moving forward is the message we got from Zach Taylor day one compared to this hire and Turner hasn't produced great offensive lines especially in the NFL level so that should be our biggest concern and our major concern at this point because there's no changing the hire I thought maybe some of the backlash could do it in a 24-hour period but didn't seem like that was going to happen at all. And instead, we got him, and we have to hope he does much better than he did with the Miami Dolphins.
2: Yeah. Well, hopefully he, he has had a little bit of success at the college level. Of course it is in that A&M offense, so who knows. Yeah. But Everyone's had a success in the A&M offense. That's right. From here, you know, we, we have to hope for the best. You have to – I guess you don't have to. I'm choosing to give Zach Taylor – who's been very enthusiastic about this and has been very clear about his vision for the Bengals. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt for now, because if you don't, then what's the point of being a fan, right? If if everything is doom and gloom all the time, then it becomes, it becomes a real chore. And that's not what we're here for.
1: I'm with you. Let's <laughs> well, go for it. We can't change it now. So um, I'm more interested at this point, Callahan and his role. I talked to Ted Wynn when I was down in the senior bowl. He covers um, the the raiders for the athletic and I asked him about Callahan because we were down there when the news broke and John Sheeran who will have in segment two will can gloat about that even though I'm the one who told him to ask the question and I'm going to take that now before John gets on here and denies that um, but I asked Ted about Shanahan or I'm sorry about Callahan and first name he brought up was the Shanahan offense and said he's very good in in that system um, teaching it. Teaching in the outside zone, he's going to lean heavy on that. Now he's not going to be the play caller, but offensive coordinator will be in on the game planning. He made it sound like it was a good hire. So uh, while he's still a relative unknown, he doesn't have a lot lot of skins on the wall. He's not calling plays.
2: The idea of Brian Callahan is growing on me because of that. And he said the right things today. After the break, we'll be back with the newsbreaker. Good segue, John Sheeran. Stick with us.
0: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
1: Welcome back to the Locked On Bengals Podcast. I'm excited to bring on our guest for segment two. We have John Sheeran, who I spent a week with in a hotel because it rained. We just sat in the hotel all week during Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. You can follow John and Rita's work at Cincy Jungle on Twitter at John two underscores Sheeran uh, just like it sounds and John how are you?
3: I'm great and um, I'm, I'm I'm happy I was there because if I wasn't there then you would have just been stuck there all night as well I, I'm the one who actually ended up getting you out of that hotel room so you, you should I, definitely thank me for that. I, man I do thank you I, I said the same to my wife when I got back
1: actually she, she was like I heard you went out or I saw you went out I was like yeah it's only because of the young guy with me and we're sitting there the first night, and John goes, you are so washed up. And I said, what? What do you mean I'm washed up? And he goes, you're washed. I said, what does that mean? We should be going out? He said, yeah, we should be going out. Everyone's out. So we went out, and it was – he's right, and it's worth it. I uh, pulled
3: out my phone and I opened the Uber app, and Joe's like, what's Uber?
1: Yeah, I've never taken I'm an like Uber. It, 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 this clown. Well, because I uh, live
3: in New York State, and New
1: York State was against it for a long time because cabs and, you know New York City are hand-in-hand, hand, so – they were against any type of Uber or rideshare or anything like that. So I took my first Uber, thanks to John. And he, he's right, though, about going out, especially. It's worth it just for that. Even if you don't go to the Senior Bowl or the practices or talk to players, whatever, you go out at night. And not only is Freddie Kitchens getting hammered in the corner, but there's scouts and, and writers, and everyone you know from Draft Twitter is hanging out and drinking beers and having a good time. And you meet a lot of people and get to put faces to names. It's really a good
3: experience just for that. I would agree. I would agree because that's something I didn't do last year, because I was with my dad actually, and my dad was not about it. So I just basically worked the entire time. Now with now with Joe, who's like my other dad, he's he's like my second dad, kinda. <laughs> so, but we well, had that's because you
1: were under 21 last year
3: and you couldn't make it. I, I, well, I was no such thing. I'm 22 now. Oh, not my I'm sorry,
1: but um first night i wanted to say we got a couple good stories besides football first night john and i were on the same flight even though he's coming uh we both had layovers in atlanta so we were on the same flight going back to alabama now and we get our rental car we're going to the hotel he types it into his phone you know just like you do we're going to la quinta and we we're on the highway we get there there it is looks great man this building was lit up I mean, it looked brand spanking new. We pull in as we're pulling in. John goes, it's a ghost town here. Look at this. There's no one in the parking lot. There's one truck at the entrance. Not thinking any, anything of it. We hop out. We grab our bags. We're walking up. Now I see buckets with, like, paint and bolts and stuff, but I'm not thinking too much of it. Look at this brand new gym right in the window here. This place looks awesome. So we walk around. We go to the front. The guy in the truck goes, they're not open yet.
3: <laughs> like, what do you mean?
1: Like, like, how are you closed at night? No, they're just not open, period right it's 1 a.m we're looking at each other like what do you mean our reservations where are we staying tonight and i'm like "Why? Well, I, I do remember seeing there was two on the map we look across the street there's the one we're supposed to be at and it's a dump <laughs> and how did we how did we get to that one across the street joe well we went back on the highway and went a couple miles out of the way because we couldn't get onto the service road it was so confusing it was definitely that part's not funny that was frustrating the service but, uh,
3: roads are a variable that i didn't Remember, were a thing last year, and, I, and me and my dad had the same exact problem. And I don't know why it just slipped my mind, but these service roads in Mobile, man, they're just like nothing that you've ever seen before. There's like side roads on side roads. You can't turn on one way. You can't turn left on another. Next thing you know, you're ended up two miles down the road looking for your freaking hotel that's not actually there.
1: Yeah, it's- every time we went on one, I thought I was gonna go head on with traffic. I mean, the lines are barely painted anywhere. You don't know what's going on. It's a good thing we took an Uber every time because. Imagine having a couple drinks and then trying to drive on those, being unfamiliar. I mean, you shouldn't drink and drive anyways. But that would have been even worse. That would have been terrible. We wouldn't have gotten home. No doubt in my mind.
3: You you probably can't drink and drive because you're you're are pretty sober nowadays. I, I've I've had much experience doing that. Don't get done on the lockdown Bengals podcast. Never for years. <laughs> I no I I don't have a lot of experience doing that. We should have let
1: you drive. Whatever the car was in my name, and then we go out for a barbecue after the first day, and it's a. Been an all right place. Uh, it's pretty cool. But who's there? Doug Williams right in front of us, man. He was huge. He was gigantic. And he was, you know, seemed like a nice guy. We didn't talk to him, but he sat at the table adjacent from us. And, uh, man, just seeing his hands and
3: his face, he had a gigantic skull. Yeah, because he said it was Doug Williams. And like, dude, this guy's like 250. He's not, not a former quarterback. We're like, no, that's, that's straight up just Doug Williams right there. I want to be surprised
1: if he was 280. He was huge. <laughs> he was ready to stood up and play offensive line. But next, next day, it rains. We go out. Um, we get invited out by some other Draft Twitter guys. And shout out to Brian Bostarge. We go out to this. he It's barbecue he recommends. And you, you pull up, and it looks like it's in an old warehouse. And I'm like, okay, this looks good. This this sounds yes, good. This is exactly you, what I want. Right. As soon as you walk to the door, you can smell it. We go in there. Everything was fantastic. Everything was good. Uh, we crushed it. But... A guy we're with goes, you know, if this was yesterday, we'd probably see John Dorsey and the Browns here at any minute. And we're like, oh, man, that'd be cool. I mean, this guy's a veteran of of Mobile, Alabama, coming down for the Senior Bowl. Who walks in five minutes later? John Dorsey, Freddie Kitchens, and the whole staff come in, sit at the table behind us. And that was pretty cool. We did not talk to them either. So (laughs) all these stories of seeing everyone. That's really what it is too. You see, John Gruden walk by. Uh, we walked behind Dalton Reisner a few steps, who was a tackle uh, in this draft, and just seeing their their bodies and their hands, their shape, and you're just like, yeah, these guys are these guys are big. But um, you know, I think that's to be expected. I think the whole aura of everything, seeing everyone and talking to everyone, was probably the best experience,
2: without a doubt. So you've told us some great stories, and they're very entertaining. I got some laughs. For the listeners, let's take one serious minute here and talk about some guys who might have caught your eye, some favorites you might have developed while you are at the senior bowl that you like for the Bengals, potentially. Just some guys we should watch. John, you want to go first?
3: Yeah, I'll go first. Um, I was mainly focused on the offensive line, and that's kind of what I did last year as well. And usually when you're watching the one-on-ones with the O-line, D-line, your attention then gets gravitated towards the defensive lineman because most of those drills... Um, do do favor the defense lineman in those one-on-ones when they're, when they're getting you know, when the offense linemen are getting no help in those in those odds and a couple of guys stood out. Um, Jay, uh, Montez Sweat out of Mississippi State obviously improved his stock a lot and he looked really well on the edge. Uh, a couple of defensive tackles from Texas A&M Kingsley Kiki and Dalen Mack played with great leverage and should be um, you know solid middle round options for if you, if the Bengals were looking for that that you know rotational pass rushing defense tackle that they're still kind of looking for at this point. And uh, Reynold Wren, who is um, uh, pass rusher from uh, Arizona State, he was also another interior guy. And also, it maybe pause about Charles I- uh, Aminu, who is a Texas edge rusher, who actually has a lot, of, who, whose production really fits more of like an interior guy. In, when you're talking about All-Pro potential, and whatnot, and he's got incredible length, of, like I think like 36-inch arm. So I think he's a guy that they can also kick inside, but it, he can also set an edge on the um, at defensive end. So I think there are... Just like last year, there's a lot of these uh, pass rushers who kind of stand out in these in these practices and these one-on-one situations, and really make you go back and watch the tape and see if that production was legit, and see if you know what you saw in practice matches up with what 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 kind of tape they put out in the past couple of years. So, so it was definitely interesting to watch some of those guys. Yeah, and the
1: one I'll add to that, even though the Texas guy, uh, he stood out a few times in run defense too. When we were, we mm-hmm. went to the film room and got to watch it in there, uh, Kalen Saunders. Not only in the game too. When when we went home and we watched the game from home, uh, he he flashed that first drive at the gate—a spin move and a swim move that killed his man. He had a sack. But during practices too, he was the only guy. One of the guys that stood out was Nate Davis at guard uh, from Charlotte. He, Kaylin Saunders was the only guy giving him issues in terms of leverage and really two powerful guys going at it. He's the guy who you may have seen. He he was having a baby or his. his Fiance was having a baby that week and he he decided to stay and improve his draft stock. It really helped him when the, when the baby was born, I think it was on Monday he did backflips to celebrate after the practice. He's an athlete with some strength and power. Uh, I, you know, he's the, every year there seems like one defensive tackle that really stands out as a full pass rusher and run defender type guy that really you like a lot more than, than his stock was coming in. And that was like Grady Jarrett a couple years ago. And you, you know, I don't think I feel the same way about Kaylin Saunders. I feel close, probably, but I thought Grady Jarrett was a first-round pick, went in the fifth round. If Saunders is still there on day three, that's a slam-dunk pick. I'm still looking at him, like, you know, top of second round, late second round, and, and that should be his his range.
3: I, I just want to inject this, this quick story here. When we were in that film room, we were sitting down at the table. It was me, Joe, Fran Duffy, who runs the um... – Works with the Eagles and, and their digital team, but does a lot of film work with, with them. And obviously, one of the one of the pillars of Draft Twitter and Josh Norris. And I remember it was just Norris, Duffy, and, and Joe like talking back and forth. I'm just on the side, like kind of being there. I'm like, All right, I I I need to make a comment to sound like I actually know what I'm talking about here, wow. so I can get I can get some respect from these guys. I remember it was like a it was like a Nate Davis rep and I I just popped out like, man, this guy plays with leverage. Look look at where his butt is on. Look at where his butt is when he's taking these reps, and like how low it is the ground. They're like, yeah yeah, agreed and whatever. I'm like, yes. Got some acceptance here. So (laughs) Nate Nate, Nate Davis has has a place in my heart just for that moment alone. It was pretty cool.
1: I mean, to the left of the draft network, guys, and there's there's scouts and coaches from college to NFL all through there. The the film room is next year when I go back, if I go back, or in the future, whenever I go back, I'm going to spend most of my time there. That was really a great experience just to watch these guys go over that film with a fine-tooth comb the way – you know, it should be done and, and seeing how they work the clicker and, and everyone in there. you One guy that, you know, makes a crazy play and you hear the whole room kind of mumble a little bit and get into it. And it's like, yeah, that's pretty cool.
2: Some good stories, some good names to watch for Bengals fans. Thanks for sharing, John and Joe. After the break, it's time for some fun. We're going to pick our favorite or maybe not our favorite, but at least the best players of the Marvin Lewis era after the break. Welcome back to the last segment of today's Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm here still with Joe Goodberry, John Sheeran, and we're going to get into a Marvin Lewis-era Bengals mock draft. All three of us have big boards. Apparently, Joe has done some mock drafts. The rules are, if the player played under Marvin Lewis, he is eligible to be selected in this draft. It doesn't matter if he was a guy that came onto the team when Lewis was a coach or if he was there before. So Corey Dillon, eligible to be drafted. The other rule is when considering these players, we're not going based off of potential. So David Pollock might tempt you. We're going based off of their career. So you get the whole career of this player. For most of these guys, we know what those careers look like. For some of them, that's a question mark. The draft order has been set. Joe Goodberry is picking first. John second. I'm last. But we are in a serpentine order here. And we're going six rounds. Joe, you're on the clock.
1: All right, I have the first pick, and I considered a wide receiver. I think talent-wise, um, the best player to ever play under Marvin Lewis is probably a wide receiver. But looking at the rest of the board and where the talent drops off, and I wanted to pick a potential Hall of Famer, I'm going with Geno Gino Atkins with the first pick.
3: That's fair. That's fair. Um, if, if my team's going to play your guys' teams, I want to pick... The most important position on here and pick a top three player at this position in Bengals history. I'm going Carson Palmer. I
2: expected Carson to be gone. I was hoping Atkins would make it to me at number three. My plan at the turn involved Atkins. He's off the board. I'm taking Terrell Owens here first. He had <laughs> Terrell Owens. <laughs> he had he had a pretty humorous end to his career in Cincinnati, but man, you look at the body of work. And you know what? I was gonna go to the defensive line for my second pick here at the turn, but I'm just gonna stay at wide receiver. I'm gonna go flash.
3: You I'm taking AJ Green second. Fair, fair to to take the second. There, no, you know that's probably debatable. where he is at this point, but I'll take AJ Green before AJ Green. Chad Johnson.
1: Yeah, You're going Chad Johnson, man. You guys are really killing the receivers for me. Um, that's fine. Your mocks didn't prepare you for this.
3: No, it prepared
1: me perfectly, because I'm going to build the trenches, all right? And since I have two picks in a row, I'm going to go with Andrew Whitworth and Willie Anderson. Oh, my.
3: This changes a lot of things. Well, all right. Since I went back-to-back on offense, I'll, I'll go on defense here. Um, I'm contemplating the pass rusher here, but with the best pass rusher gone, I'll go with my best defensive back on the board and Leon Hall. Ooh, that's it's early, in my opinion. Leon
1: Hall.
2: All right. Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to take my best defensive end on the board here then at the second turn, and that's Carlos Dunlap. And uh, sticking with the trenches, I want to give my quarterback time. I want to build a running game here. And one of the best offensive linemen to play under Marvin Lewis is a guy that we all... Wish would have played more under Marvin Lewis and us Evan Mathis.
3: Ooh, I thought you were going to say one name, and I'm glad you didn't say that name because I'm picking Kevin Zeidler. Zeidler's next on my list. Man,
1: you guys, uh, that is interesting. Honestly, uh, the, the guy I think's better than both of those guys at guard, and I'm going to continue with the offensive line, uh, and I'm going with Bobby Williams. Honestly, Ooh. he's probably the more underrated guy in the Marvin Lewis era. He was a road-grading run blocker, heavy, strong hands, and I'm putting him next to Willie Anderson. I am running to the right down your throats. You're,
3: you're tugging on my heartstrings there. Truly are.
1: Um, I've got another pick. Hang on.
3: Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm thinking about mine. So
1: since I did that and since I went heavy on the O-line, I'm going back to the defense, and I need to get to the, uh, to the quarterback next to Geno Atkins, at defensive end, but I'm going to kick him inside in the nickel packages the way the Bengals should have, but this was before his time. I'm going with
3: Justin Smith. That's Damn what you I wanted, know. huh? I didn't think anyone was going to pick him at all. I was going to get swoop him as, as an undrafted free agent. I came on the wrong podcast. Um, all right. Well, I went with Zyler for, for one pick, but I want to address the most important position on the offensive line. That's left tackle. i going Levi Jones. Levi Jones. I wasn't sure where to
2: put Levi Jones on my board. He actually didn't make it onto my board in the end. And at this point, I, I would, yeah. I would like to go back to the offensive line, but I don't think the value is quite there. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish up with getting some talent at cornerback. We're gonna build around a passing game with Terrell Owens and AJ Green. We have a pass rusher. We can fill in the rest of the holes. I'm going Jonathan Joseph. And then for my last pick, I'm taking another guy just to fit the theme with with Tara Lowens and Evan Mathis, another guy who didn't play his best years with the Bengals, and that's going to be Roy Williams.
1: Ooh. Oh,
2: my. All pro?
1: Five-time pro bowler? What was that?
2: Yeah. He actually started out his career with the Bengals really well, too, but he did not play very much. He got hurt. (laughs) That's right. They had a lot of transition
1: around
3: that time. John, you're up. All right. Since I'm the millennial who's teetering on G- uh, Gen Z here, I'll go I'll go kind of young here. I'll, I'm looking for a pass rusher, and to be quite honest, the barrel is very, very thin at this point. So I'll go with the young guy and Carl Lawson to lead my edge rusher.
1: Wow. Ooh. Man, you know, I, I, I want to say who I should pick here um, only because – to make a point on, I think there's a better pass rush. And we could talk about who was left on the board and who wasn't picked. But since I have such a good offensive line at this point, I'm going to go with the most talented running back and most accomplished running back in Bengals history, Corey Dillon.
2: And that's all six picks. Let's talk about the best guys left on, on our respective boards. Talking about young guys, I have Jesse Bates at my third safety. He's just behind Reggie Nelson there. He would have been the second safety yeah. for me. I have Mixon at number two running back too, just ahead of Rudy Johnson. That was a hard one for me to, to pick. You but I think Mixon underrated is...
1: running back, Larry Johnson.
2: Oh, Larry yes. Johnson played yes, for the Bengals. Yes,
1: yes I remember that. <laughs> he was very high on my board. Yeah. And I was if we were going to go deeper, that was going to be my surprise. Wait for him. I don't think anyone's going to remember. Let me go Larry Johnson.
2: So tight end, as we as you saw, we avoided tight end. Tyler Eifert. Reggie Who Kelly. Picked I picked Dunlap.
3: Okay, all right. I was, I was about to say I, I swear he got picked, but I would have been—I would have kicked myself if he didn't get picked. What well, yeah, the best, best
1: career pass rusher wasn't it was James picked.
3: Harrison. James Harrison's true. He I considered Harrison. <laughs> he was not, but you get his
1: whole career and use him correctly, you get to be the coach or the GM, whatever. Uh, you could get a lot of production out of James Harrison.
2: I considered Harrison. I think I think just looking at the results here, I think Joe came away with the most cohesive plan. He got Justin Smith and Geno Atkins as a core of that defense. He has Andrew Whitworth, Willie Anderson, and Bobby Williams on that offensive line to go with Corey Dillon.
3: Yeah,
1: that was the plan. I was going to build the trenches and try and have a run game. Because if I didn't get Carson Palmer, and I knew I wasn't taking him number one, I maybe he would make it to me. I didn't think he would. Uh, but I think it's more interesting that Andy Dalton didn't get picked. Like, if we were like, okay, you're either taking a franchise quarterback in Carson Palmer, or we're not taking him. And I think... You know, without anybody explaining how they feel about them, I think that shows how you feel about them.
2: I think my next turn is probably, if if they're not picked, I'm probably going Dalton and Hush for my next turn. Right. Because yeah. then, I mean, Dalton with Terrell Owens, A.J. Green, and T.J. Hushmanzada.
1: That old line better be good, though.
2: Yeah, well, would, I mean. Would...
1: You've got Evan we'll, Mathis.
2: Math we'll, we'll build I'm ve-
1: that.
3: <laughs> I'm very shocked no one picked a linebacker.
2: Yeah, the linebackers we we talked about a little bit, too. We have I have Brian Simmons, Kevin Hardy, Vontez Burfict, James Harrison. And Harrison is only that low because I I don't like him. And that makes sense. And then A.J. Hawk,
1: I guess if I get his whole career, would be the next guy I have on my board for linebacker. Nope, pass. He wasn't bad for his career. You know what's interesting to me is we talked about this off air, uh, and the corners are really good. Even Very though good. none of them are really, like, ever reach that upper echelon for a long period of time leon hall i think was the best he was number one on my board Jonathan mm-hmm. joseph makes sense that they were drafted but based on talent I, i've got william jackson very high but delta o'neill terrence newman had a long career nate clements who had a really good career for the bills uh was a good nickel guy then you have Kirkpatrick, pac pacman jones tory james i mean at the end of the day those are long careers for first round picks and,
3: and good players when Daryl Rivas was the best boundary corner in the league, Leon Hall was the best slot corner in the league yeah. for at least two or three years. And now I don't think a lot of before,
1: people know that. Right. It was before that became a premium. Yes. And it, you know, it was just on the cusp of nickel corner. Like, I remember fans didn't understand, why does he slide inside? Man, those was, that's where offenses are designing their plays to go. He, he took away screens consistently because he was so physical, such a good run defender, but his agility and quickness, Leon Hall was really, really what you want out of that position.
2: One of my favorite Bengals of of my life, easily my life, easily Leon Hall for sure. I mean, imagine how much the Rams would have killed for Leon Hall, prime Leon Hall in the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, against Edelman, that would have been a matchup against the Patriots. Period. Yeah, sure. I took right.
1: when I talked about with my first pick taking Atkins because I was looking at the rest of the defensive tackles in the, in the Marvin Lewis era. The next best guy is Sam Adams. And John may not even know who he is because he's. I started... know who's
3: Sam Adams. We called him Fat Adams because he was like okay, 400 fine. pounds in a video game
1: that we played. He, he was he was easily 400 pounds, but he was a uh, an all pro, a second team all pro. I think he was a three time Pro Bowler, nose tackle. If I could have gotten him later next to Atkins, that would have been fun.
2: I was I was praying for Atkins at three. I wanted to go Atkins Dunlap, and I wanted Witten and Anderson too.
3: We picked we picked the what three receivers, four receivers in total. Three receivers went. Three T-O, receivers settled. Chad and AJ. Yeah, because uh, I originally didn't have uh, TJ on my board because I, I forgot about, uh, I didn't know about those rules, but I, I had Marvin Jones at the bottom of my board. Yeah, I went my Owens receiver.
2: I went Owens Green Johnson Green and Johnson is is splitting hairs. Hush. Yeah. Marvin Jones Chris Henry Peter Warwick Lavernius Coles actually Sliding oh, in there could, at the
1: end. So you. What about S- Sanu though? You want to have Sanu over Peter Warwick or Chris Henry? I mean, Henry was good for what he did. I guess it'd depend on the rest of your receiving core. If you needed a slot guy though, which it seemed like you needed, right? Rest in peace, rest in peace Chris Henry. Uh, Hushman's out. of makes a lot of sense. But and then if you can get Boyd and Sanu, Lavernius Cole's is cold. Oh, in Boyd! I forgot about Boyd. But we yeah, talked about <laughs> that. He, he's 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 only had one year. Right? How where do you value Boyd? Because he continue if he plays the way he did this year. I mean, he's going to – he could be the fourth guy. I, or, yeah, he could challenge T.J. Hishmanzada for that fourth receiver in, in this history. I don't I have, have an to excuse,
3: forgetting because I drafted Carl Lawson.
1: <laughs> but <laughs> Who's coming off an injury.
3: <laughs> Did Carl Lawson have a sack this year?
1: He had one. Oh, he had great. He saved it. I had Joe Mixon number two, though. And I know we touched on that, but already, you know, I think he could be the most talented running back in Bengals history just because – Dylan couldn't receive the way Mixon can and should in right. this new offense.
2: All right, guys. That was a lot of fun. John, thanks for joining us. You can find him at John underscore underscore Sheeran on Twitter. He also writes for Cincy Jungle. As for Joe and I, you probably know where to find us, but you can find us at the On Bengals Twitter account at Locked On Bengals at Joe Goodberry, or at Jake underscore NFL. If you haven't already, please hit the subscribe or like button on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or whatever you use to get your podcasts. Joe, what can the fine Bengals nation expect tomorrow? Fridays are
1: going to be our mailbag days. So if you have questions, and it can be on anything. It doesn't have to pertain to the Bengals, but, you know, that'd be nice because it'd be easier for us to to answer. But send us whatever you want, and we'll do our best to answer it. Uh, We've got some questions already on Twitter. Send it to us there or um, to the Lockdown account. Either of ours will work, but we're going to favorite them. And if we haven't answered throughout the week or if I haven't, that's probably because I'm saving your question for Friday. So look out for it then. And we'll see you tomorrow.